0: this is the epilog
1: audio experience whenever you do something for the first time every experience is new you are not trained how to handle situations you are not trained to you know look at the positives how to get the vision which you have set so everything is new and how you figure things out in between that clearly defines how things will pan out
0: in a world where we are smitten by the content that our favorite creators or influencers bring to us through Instagram Reels or YouTube videos, there are people that work behind the scenes who power deals and manage talents that helps creators continue to do what they love doing, which is creating content, and in the process, helps brands achieve their objectives. My guest today is Neil Gogia, the young co-founder of the influencer marketing and talent management company, Iplex Media. Welcome, Elon Jamster. It's a pleasure to have you.
1: Thank you Hardik for the nice introduction. I look forward to the conversation and yes, uh I have been working with Talents since it started back in 2017 and uh, I'm quite excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for having me.
0: Lovely. Uh, I've been following your journey with IPlex and um, you've uh, done some incredible works and many congratulations on that. But most importantly, I want to get back into a time uh, when uh, you started off all this and that I believe was in uh, Feb 2019. Take me back to that time. How did this actually happen?
1: So uh, during Feb 2019, uh, I formally uh, registered IPlex, but I started this, uh, I was part of the, you know, the creator economy since 2017. So when i was in college uh, during my second year i was in uh, i was an engineer i did my engineering from jaipur uh, and uh, i was never into studies and i always used to you know keep keep distracting myself with other initiatives which were happening in college i had entered into sponsorship committee and from there i realized my knack of you know getting brand deals and you know that how I can open doors via my cold emails and get deals done. So during that time, I started reaching out to a few influencers to get some extra money. And uh, I never knew that this could be a full-time career. So I started managing around five talents during 2017 and 2019. And when I eventually mm-hmm. uh, uh, exited my college, I had an option either to take a corporate offer, which I had got, or take this to another level but during those two years i saw a lot of gaps in, this, in the in creator economy that how brands were dealing and how creators needed more help that's why i thought that you know let's take this to another level and in during feb 2019 when i was supposed to do a final semester internship i decided to register Riplex, and uh, eventually i interned in my own company
0: <laughs> nice i'm curious to understand so you mentioned that he started off with 5 but uh, let's talk about starting with 1 how did that first influencer come on board
1: Sure. So uh, I was uh, doing a summer internship in one of the MNCs, which was compulsory for me to do. It was a technical internship. And uh, since I told you that I was was never uh, really interested into engineering, so I was getting bored. During that time, I was watching YouTube uh, during my internship. And uh, just a random idea came to my head that I am helping uh, currently my college for getting revenue via brands. Why not I reach out to these content creators or YouTubers and help them out get brand deals for themselves because clearly these guys are not good in getting revenue because that's not their expertise. Their expertise is creating content. Hmm. So my first email was very crisp, very raw. Uh, it was not tuned to the professionalism which we follow nowadays it was it was a kid who was sending that mm. a 19 year old kid so i was very authentic and raw that you know this is what i have been doing from my college and uh, i would like to help you guys get brand deals for you and i would like to be a business manager and uh, out of the 5 6 emails i had sent uh, i got a revert back from abhinav mahajan who was a fitness youtuber mm. he, he had around 1 lakh 50000 subscribers back then and uh, we got on a call i still remember that i was i i stopped my car somewhere because i was so excited for his call and uh, mm. he had a very organic conversation because it was new for him as well and this industry was had it was not a you know profession back then it was uh, more like that uh, people were exploring this industry people were figuring it out like what exactly it is what's the name of the word influencer does even a business manager or talent manager existed so we had a call with abhinav and i I told him that uh, this is what i want to do for you and then he mentioned that cool let's give it a shot let's go ahead with a two-month pilot see how it goes i stay in Chandigarh. you are in Jaipur. you know we can work remotely let's see how it goes so, that's how it started and uh, I still remember my first deal where uh, the brand asked me to come for a physical meeting, which was, which is usually weird because mm-hmm. uh, since my last five years from 2017 till now, I hardly had four physical meetings till now. And uh, my first one physical meeting that was, uh, I was quite nervous. I had gone to, the brand name was Ustra, which, is, which was uh, where the parent company was happily unmarried. And uh, I still remember I, I got that deal. It was a good three video deal. And uh, both me and Abhinav were quite excited because the influencer marketing space was quite new back then. And getting a deal, you know, yeah. going out for the first meeting alone was a pretty big deal. So that's how it started. And from two months to even till now, during our fourth or fifth year, the time has just passed. And now Ab- Abhinav is also around 1. 1.6, 1. 1.7 million subscribers and uh, i'm i'll always be grateful to abhinav for giving me that opportunity which opened a lot of doors for myself it showed me the potential which the creator economy had and uh, from uh, my first income of 5000 rupees as a, uh, which was which was a very special moment for myself uh, till now uh, mm-hmm. the journey has been great and uh, that first influencer abhinav will always be special for me
0: You know, I think there is something very special about that first success, that first influencer, that first deal, that first creator that you get on board. And I think that really sets the momentum and builds confidence.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because uh, that during your, whenever you do something for the first time, every experience is new. You're not trained how to handle situations. You are not trained to... You know, look at the positives, how to get the vision which you have set. So everything is new and how you figure things out in between, that clearly defines how things will pan out. And uh, I definitely, uh, uh, during this process, there were were a lot of things which were quite strange for me. During my classes, I used to send 20 emails a day. Uh, figuring out which, figuring out <laughs> the right opportunity for Abhinav. I used to be excited all night. When will I get a reward? And if I get a reward, how do I negotiate? How do I talk to a brand? Am I am a 19 year old kid talking to you know digital marketing heads of companies. So all this experience, you know, train gave me a lot of self confidence. I always knew that I have to create a perception that. Abhinav and myself is... Uh, it's not just a, you know, duo of, you know, few youngsters. It's it's an organization which hmm. we are trying to sell. So, the experience was beautiful. And, yeah, I, I got it. I did ma- make mistakes. I did get uh, you know got got mistakes like you know not getting sending raw emails where where I didn't get rewards so <laughs> f- f- you know getting on calls being nervous so I did learn a lot from them but uh, yeah I'm grateful for those experiences as well
0: I'm sure I think every, every experience is a stepping stone to becoming, uh, you know, a more evolved business person, as a, even as a content creator, right? I think when you start off, you don't have any idea. And from where you are mentioning uh, Abhinav, uh, where I think was about a few, I'd say 160k is what you mentioned, right? Subscribers. Yes. To about like 1.6 uh, million. That's a massive, massive jump. But was the initial fee a retainer or was it like a percentage commission on the deal?
1: So, the industry standard nowadays is uh, just a commission. But back then, uh, since this was so new, uh, I didn't know, mm-hmm. will I will Abhinav make money? Will brands really pay for a video? Or uh, even if they will pay, what will be the amount? Everything was new. I still remember asking Abhinav, Abhinav, how much should we charge? You have been doing this. He said, dude, this is going to be my first brand deal. I don't know. So, it was clearly, <laughs> you know... Imagining a cost and then seeing, uh, then balancing it out via the demand and supply. But I didn't make up enough sure that, uh, see, I'm going to put my time and effort. And uh, though the commission thing is fine, but I will need something as a retainer as well to begin with because uh, we are still figuring it out. And that's how we figured out uh, a monthly retainer of 5000 rupees with uh, some percentage of commission. So with time, uh, this retainer increased to seven point five thousand or maybe 10,000. But eventually, since the revenues got hmm. really short up, we removed the uh, retainer and now it's just a flat commission.
0: So now with uh, other agencies and as a standard practice, uh, Neil, I think, uh, is this is there a certain percentage bracket that agencies work on with uh, creators?
1: Yeah, sure. so the, usually the percentage bracket is between 10 to 20%, depending upon what sort of services you are offering.
0: And is it, is it more in terms of, let's say you do a larger deal, the percentage reduces or because you are doing a larger deal, the percentage also goes higher or that depends on the creator?
1: Uh, Currently, or right now it's flat. If it's a larger deal, you get a larger chunk. If it's a smaller deal, you get a smaller chunk. So Hmm. what I have observed that uh, there are no such brackets that, you know, where the percentages are increasing basis on the deal size. So yeah, because it's a percentage, right? So 20% of a CR and 20% yes. of 10 lakhs, it, it, you are anyway getting rewarded because of the volume.
0: Got it. Got it. So when it comes to managing talent, um, you started off with, with Abhinav, for example, with a particular video deal, which is a three bulk uh, video deal. Um, How has the nature of that work evolved with multiple other influencers? Is it just getting brand deals uh, or is there more to that nature of work now?
1: So, uh see, this creator economy has evolved in phases. So, when I was in 2017, Correct. the challenge was that uh, awareness was missing that what is the meaning of the word influencer? What exactly do these guys do? Is there really an impact? And how much shall a brand pay them? And how important an influencer marketing activity is for a brand? So, during 2017 to 2019, this awareness was getting built. And at that point of time for a content creator, the main challenge was to attract brands and get their revenues up because it was not a full-time career. So, for me as well as a talent manager, my only focus was that the demand is to get brands at the right cost. Let's focus on that. Hmm. But by 2020, I saw that, you know, now this uh, field has gone recognition. Now brands recognize what is influencer marketing. Brands are some sort of budget for influencer marketing. It's now you the value at which an partner agency can provide needs to be more than just revenue because revenue is there. You will get a revenue maybe ten to twenty percent here and there. But if you are partnering and becoming uh, making talents uh, or exclusive talents, we need to do more. So now we, the definition of talent management has evolved since last two years for us. It's not just getting their revenue mm-hmm. up, it's exploring the maximum potential of a content creator, which even they are not aware of. It can be Absolutely. Opening independent revenue streams for them, monetizing with their audience directly. That means building brands. It can be positioning. If there are 200 content creators in their category, what is their positioning and are they coming in top five? If not, what all activities we are doing, be it PR, be it uh, collaborations, be it uh, uh, the sort of initiatives they are taking in terms of their content, uh, how are they positioned? Uh, then also the fact that which sort of brands are they promoting? Is it just any other brand which comes or if they are very particular? Is these long-term brands? Is these special initiatives? Like with one of our creators, we associated with Costa Coffee recently and she designed a uh, Mm-hmm. Uh she redesigned Costa's Cup during the festive season and in all the outlets of Costa Coffee the, that cup was used during the festive season and her name is Neha Doodles so these sort of initiatives as well so and with the emergence of OTT now content creators are also in demand for uh, OTT TV shows for acting and all that stuff so now the definition has evolved at least for IPLEX it's much beyond revenue
0: that's interesting, uh, but I'll also circle back to that time. Uh, did you choose uh, your five or six people based on certain interests? Like, like what was the idea behind reaching out to let's say, Abhinav and the other folks that you got on board with uh, you?
1: So with Abhinav, it was pretty uh, easy that uh, I used to consume a lot of fitness content back then. So I just emailed out to all the people hmm. whom I was consuming, you know, content easily so which I was also aware of because I did not know anyone beyond fitness back then uh, in the YouTube community but when I came to know about Abhinav I did dig dig deeper in terms of who all are available what's happening in other categories who all are leading the charts Mm. uh, where brands are really spending money which gave me a lot of exposure to other categories as well and uh, using Abhinav's network as well I got more introductions to other categories and when I used to look at a content creator, I was very specific since day one that I'm not going to onboard any other content creator on board. I really need to like their content. It needs to have some sort of potential and the sort of engagement and interaction they're getting with the audience should make sense. Because back then, fake followers was also a thing. Uh, we had lots of oh, fake followers and, you know, because of the engagement. In- recent attention which the field was getting so for me to spot and the right opportunity with the genuine person was really important and that's how I thought that let me get one guy from every different category as my first five talents and let's see how it goes and I'll give my loyalty to all these five talents from five different categories so I have worked with the uh, MSK in vlogging I signed Tanya Khani in travel I signed tech burner hmm. in technology and Captain Nick in entertainment so that's how it began that I wanted to get an exposure in every category and give my two hundred percent to make sure that these guys are able to grow in their respective categories and that's how it started.
0: That's interesting. Um, has there ever been a time when uh, there is let's say a conflict of interest uh, in terms of uh, the content categories that you are catering to?
1: Not with the first five talents because during the during that phase I was working as an independent talent manager and at that point of time my loyalty, as an individual for my talents was really important. That's why I picked one talent from different category One each talent from different category. Right. But when I registered IPLEX, now it's an organization and uh, it's much beyond Neil. So I hired talent managers who managed different talents by themselves. And now IPLEX manages various talents within, even within the same category. But we make sure that this, uh, one particular talent manager is not managing people within the same category because then it's a conflict of interest for that particular talent manager. But uh, now, since the, our service and our product is quite good, even different creators from the same categories are keen to sign us because they know that the processes and SOPs which we have built will never compromise uh, growth of any individual talent because of any sort of biasness and that's how we, we are able to scale. Now we manage around 30 talents from 5 and definitely work with more brands
0: as well. So 30 is exclusive, right?
1: 30 is exclusive. Because we are very selective with our approach. And how big is the team? The team size is currently 50.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So h- how have you divided, uh, you know, the departments at work because I'm guessing the 50 are also beyond uh, only just managing talent.
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, as we have two revenue streams, uh, one where we directly work with brands as their exclusive influencer marketing agency, where we work with nationwide influencers and not only our exclusives and another is a talent management term. So currently we have different teams. One is uh, operations, uh, which executes campaigns for brands. Uh, Then there is a creative arm, which ideates strategy for our talents and brands in terms of what interesting things they can do. Then there is finance, there is HR, there is a talent management team, talent acquisition team. And uh, now we have got a data analytics team as well, uh, which works closely on algorithm of, you know, YouTube backend and all that stuff
0: lovely so you know during this particularly and you mentioned a little while back around the 2020 phase uh, when you started seeing a little more structure and and um, you know organization in the industry um, there was also this time where reels really bombarded right on Instagram and uh, the barrier to entry to become a creator became even further lower um, from that time uh, how have you seen that, that content game evolve
1: so uh because of Reels, before Reels, uh, both Instagram and even YouTube, like, primarily, most of the attention of a viewer used to go in long-form content. There was a static post mm-hmm. or it was a YouTube video or an IGTV video. But with Reels, what it did was, like, it, it we saw a drastic change in the audience retention in terms of if an audience was watching an average video of, say, 3 minutes earlier, that reduced to 20 seconds. So that is the major shift which we saw and because of which we saw huge set of content creators, you know, quickly emerging into this because creating an eight minute video is tough rather than creating a 20 second reel, which you can just do via a regular mobile phone without even any any edits. So brands had to tweak their uh, strategy of how they distribute, you know, their budget in both the uh, formats of content. And similarly, content creators also had to understand what are the benefits of investing their time in short-form content and long-form content and how old content creators who were used to long-form content redesign their thinking strategy and also take advantage of the wave of short-form content. So these are the major things which I saw being in the industry and uh, it was definitely an interesting phase because I saw a lot of people becoming irrelevant. I saw a lot of content creators uh, taking advantage of this trend and, you know, become they become millionaires in terms of their reach uh, within a quarter or so. And uh, a lot of old mm-hmm. content creators also took advantage of it and uh, made sure they leveraged this wave apart from what they were already doing. So now they're doing both short-form and long-form.
0: So so I'm very curious, you know, because I think um, there is such, and at least this is to my limited perspective, that Um, the subscriber base, let's say for an Instagram, uh, and let's say particularly who you find out through reels and someone who's a subscriber on YouTube, um, have you seen difference in terms of the behavior of who they are and how they sort of interact with the creator?
1: See, there is no data to support any of the claim, which I might say that this is the difference between a subscriber and maybe an Insta follower, but sure sure if we uh, look at it logically youtube is an intent driven platform you see a thumbnail you see a title you click on it because you want to watch it and then you start watching it whereas instagram mm. instagram force whatever content you consume there is forced you don't know how will your feed look like And if you even spend three seconds Mm -hmm. looking at a video, it is counted as a view. So on Instagram, you are not in a mindset of looking at any specific video, which you really want to consume. The algorithm manipulates what it wants to show you and whatever you keep on liking it just, you know, redesigns itself accordingly. So a value of a YouTube view and an Instagram view, there is a huge difference. Because in one platform, you are just there and you are forced to watch something. Whereas on another platform, your intent is there. You are putting an effort to clicking on a video and that to a long video and then watch it with full intent. So that's why the conversions aspect in terms of, say, redirecting traffic or getting conversions in terms of monetary sales that's much higher on YouTube as compared to Instagram. Whereas whereas Instagram is great and brilliant for brand awareness and, uh, you know, communicating Mm. a message which is uh, doing awareness for a particular brand or maybe a new launch. But uh, if you look at the depth of, uh, you know, a relation between a content creator and the viewer, it's at least five times higher on YouTube. That's why if you ask me today sign a talent with 50,000 subscribers or maybe 150,000 followers on Instagram, I will sign a 50,000 subscriber guy because I know the kind Mm. of effort and uh, you know, it takes to be at 50,000 subscribers and also the sort of the value of the depth that guy must be having with their audience because YouTube is a great platform for community building.
0: And I think that's a great point. I think I've also looked at YouTube more as a search engine, right? I think you, you mentioned correctly, like it, it's, it's actually an intent driven platform. So when someone goes to YouTube, they're literally searching for something, um, vis-a-vis when you go on Instagram, like you said, it's also a force feed, but also unless and until you don't know the creator, like it's like, it's very difficult for you to find it based on a keyword search in Instagram.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Instagram, for new creators to be featured or to a newer set of audience, it's challenging on Instagram because the only option you have is the explore feed. And a lot of people don't even go to explore feed like myself. I just go to people who are there on my feed. So for Instagram, then it that's why Instagram launched features like remix or collaborations, collaborative posts, so that people can easily collaborate with each other and then their audience can overlap. But uh, YouTube is a search engine and you can easily get resurfaced via recommended section, uh, homepage and a trending page and all that stuff. So it's
0: if your content is good, it's uh, easy to be discovered on YouTube. Have you seen that also a shift where a, a lot of Instagrammers are now switching to YouTube to build their subscriber page there as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. Firstly, I would like to acknowledge, yes, the... Shelf life of a YouTube content is, I would say, maybe two years as well. Whereas, shelf life of an Instagram content piece is not more than seven days. So, that's also, uh, for content creators, that's why they put more effort. Though YouTube is a platform where you need to put higher efforts. But the returns are also slightly long-term. You might not get uh, viral overnight like Instagram. But it's more like, say, I would say, a test match thing that you... Be patient and uh, you, you you build it slow, but the depth is high. So, I if I talk to ten creators, out of those nine wants to may you know nine wants to make it big on YouTube. But the only thing is they don't know how to mm. do that, and that's why when they when they are creating content on Instagram and Instagram is giving them instant gratification via those sort of views and you know reels getting millions of views, creator gets demotivated to put. 10 times more effort for YouTube and get only 200, 300 views. So mm-hmm. that's why they either, either they, you know, give the 200% sign the right sort of partner, partner agency who guides them. What are the basics of YouTube or most of the creators give mm-hmm. up that, uh, you know, we are getting good thing, good views, good brands on Instagram. Let's just keep on focusing there because maybe YouTube is not a thing. So, because YouTube is a, you need to be committed to the platform, you need to do it consistently and uh, the efforts are also higher and the production is also expensive. So, yeah, every creator has an aspiration to be a YouTuber, but only 5% or 3% of them make it big on YouTube.
0: So you know the the definition of big also varies, right? I think um, it also depends on what you're looking at, what the objective is. I think I've I've seen like some cases people with fifty thousand subscribers have been able to like drive incredible traffic to, let's say, their course. And someone who's 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 got like a double digit million followers are launching like food brands and and burger brands. And I'm talking about like and I'm thinking about uh, you know Mr. Beast. He launched the 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 Burger Beast, right? I think. Uh, uh, and and I think the 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 reach that these people have is absolutely incredible. And I completely agree with you in terms of the depth of engagement with YouTube. But do you also feel that let's say someone who is starting out right now as a new uh, content creator, what would your recommendation be in terms of choosing a platform?
1: Uh, I think firstly, it depends, uh, if their content is categories, entertainment, it's finance, it's infotainment, it's technology, it's travel. Uh, my recommendation will be based on this because if it's entertainment, currently Instagram will give you instant gratification if your content is decent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chances of you getting instant followers is higher and then maybe with time you create long-form content and redirect the same audience to YouTube. But if it's a technology, if it's uh, vlogs, if it's uh, finance, then definitely uh, I would suggest... Try both Instagram and YouTube at the same time because uh, finance and tips and tricks channels are also doing good on Instagram. Ideally, a content creator should be ready for, at least he should at least know how to create short-form content because Instagram will give you instant reach. But parallelly, have a plan Mm -hmm. how do they create long-term content because that is going to give them, you know, much more revenue, much more stability. And uh, much more traction in long run. Uh, you might be relevant on Instagram today. You might not be relevant on Instagram after 8 weeks. But that's not going to happen on YouTube. So, YouTube is a slightly consistent, consistent and stable thing. Whereas Instagram is, again, you know, if you are good, you become famous overnight. Okay, quickly redirect that audience to YouTube to get some uh, in, in increase in subscriber base. But uh, I would suggest that have a look at don't take Instagram lightly because of these things because Instagram if if the algorithm is giving you good traction currently let's take leverage of that but parallelly keep on building the YouTube Mm. game and let's redirect the audience from Instagram to YouTube if you are doing decently on Instagram.
0: But then eventually YouTube success becomes the primary goal is it Neil?
1: I won't say that. For example look at uh, Cardassians. They played their game really well. They just they wanted to create an aspirational value they use instagram as a platform and they did it well it depends uh, what's your objective for example if somebody wants to enter bollywood uh, or wants to go into acting uh, then having a you know very engaging and colorful vibrant you know acting related videos on instagram makes sense maybe creating a 10 minute sketch on youtube might not be a good might not be a thing for them but if somebody wants to make it big and say Uh, tech, automobile, travel, uh, where where the objective is clear, why you are creating content, then YouTube is important. Because uh, then the sort of impact you can make is also higher. And the stability and the sort of community you build is, you know, is really powerful.
0: You know, I was at an event a little while back, um, and, and someone, uh, you know, very interestingly mentioned, and I'm sure that's, that's a very common thought. And I'd like to get a take on that. They said that, uh, you know, Hardy, what's the point of entering the content uh, game either on YouTube or Instagram, because, uh, it seems that I like, I'm really late and everything has been done. Um, do you think like that's a deterrent that's, that's the right track of thinking, uh, or is there any idea merit to that thought or can someone just start off what's your take on this?
1: See, clearly, this is a fact that every year it's going to be slightly tough to make a mark because the cre- the space is becoming noisy. But uh, that's where the creativity aspect comes in. That uh, even today we see new FMCG brands launching, right? Though Pantene or Dow uh, hmm. have been ruling the market since last thirty years in India, but since still we see brands like Mama Earth or new age brands coming up and making it big it's all about market will become uh, market will age with time. And obviously entering a, entering someone as a new individual, as a content creator will become tough as compared to the previous years. But uh, if you are adding, if you are able to understand some sort of gap in terms of content, which is not there on the internet and you can share it in your own organic or authentic style, you, you will and be consistent. You will make it, you'll make it big. There is this is no rocket science. If you're solving a problem with nobody else uh, on the internet, or even if somebody else is doing it, it he or she might not might be missing onto some sort of regions in the country. Uh, you just need to identify that mm-hmm. gap. And since there are so many internet users out there, you will be able to find your own niche and uh, then start building on that. For example, I don't see uh, content creators creating uh, content on uh, women fitness or women edu- education. There's hardly any content where mm. one woman is talking about uh, maybe sensitive uh, issues or maybe f- fitness related issues or health related issues and giving one stop education platform for primarily for women. I don't see that. that that's a gap, especially on YouTube. So uh, that's, that's one thing. And uh, similarly, I don't see regional content out there. Uh, if somebody's creating tech reviews or automobile reviews, there are hardly any regional content creators for markets like South. Or uh, even areas where uh, regional language is you know usually preferred, that's another gap. And usually uh, podcast is also a very new thing which which is started building up in, uh, in the content space now, but still it's a huge untapped market which people are yet to explore. So yeah, then this is me. I'm not, I'm not even a content creator. If somebody just uh, thinks okay. about it all day and night, I'm pretty sure they can come up with 30, 40 different sort of uh, options other content creator, which they might consider and uh, then, you know, just try it out.
0: Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So you also See, meet a lot of creators, Neil, who want to, you know, pro- possibly collaborate with you, work with you in a long or short form capacity. capacity. Uh, uh, what are their goals generally, generally when, when you when speak with them? them? What are the behaviors? What the are the goals that you observe about them? about
1: them? See, the issue is that uh, 80% of the creators do not know the potential of how big they can make that's because of this lack of awareness most of the creators have only one goal that we need more brands we need more revenue hmm. and uh, for me that's the easiest thing which i can get because the space is anyway so much in demand but then i my goal is to you know get them what they need but also make them aware regarding this is just 25% of the whole thing there is a lot more which we can do in terms of um, You know, creating your positioning better, making more revenue streams, uh, opening more markets for you. How do we, you know, make sure that we stay relevant over the next 10 years? So those those sort of discussions and making their own teams as well, because most of the creators are doing their things by themselves. And as a partner agency, my goal is to make sure that their time, whatever time they're spending is spent on things which are uh, important and uh, they're spending it efficiently. If a creator is editing a video every day for six hours, that's an operational work which can be done via someone who who is just an expert in editing. So my goal is also to create their teams, make them make them feel more valued about the time which they have, so that uh, their perception of create content creation becomes slightly wider.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um... I'm also curious to know that when uh, you're working with creators and especially when you started off working with let's say a bunch of five creators you were hands-on for a lot of things um, now that you're managing a larger team uh, how is your time spent like what are you focusing on in terms of your particular inputs
1: see the vision of iplex is to explore the you know power of content which is untapped currently So my goal every day goes on to that how can I take leverage of content in different aspects with iPrix. So with talents, we discuss, with influencers, we discuss what all initiatives we are doing for them uh, which they have not even, you know, thought of currently and how do we execute it. With the brands, Mm -hmm. we also think of associations that how they can take leverage of content via influencers in ways which even they have not thought of yet or any sort of problem which they might be facing right now which can be solved via content now there are n number of brands in india so every brand has different sort of problems and how we can solve their problems with content is what we do now we are also trying to help brands and set up their own distribution on their respective youtube channels which no brand has been able to figure out Mm -hmm. right now except brands like netflix maybe so helping brands create their own youtube channels again is something which is aligned with our vision because we are Using the power of content and trying to create distribution and community for brands directly. But how to do that successfully considering that brands usually are not able to get hardly more than 20 views on YouTube is something which we are trying to work on currently. And obviously how we can provide these services to international markets like Pakistan, Bangladesh, Nepal, Southeast Asia, Middle East, Uh, you know, creator economy. Obviously every territory has its own flavor, but more or less the problems are similar. So how do we take this to at an international scale as well? That is where most of my time is going on currently and making sure the teams are efficient and uh, teams are getting rights out of mentorship.
0: Interesting. Um, and also I want to sort of unpack this a little bit because a lot of people, uh, either interchangeably or, or is there some miscommunication or misunderstanding around, uh, creator and what an influencer is. Do you think they're the same things or they mean different things in different contexts?
1: See, there is a lot of uh, uh, maybe uh, confusion around this because there is no fixed definition. It depends upon the perception of the person who is, you know, working in the space or maybe using the word. For me, uh, everyone Hmm. is an influencer. Uh, because maybe the influencers' influence might be less comparatively, but uh, everyone if anyone has even a, one follower, that's an influence on, a, influence on that one follower. But I won't say that everyone True. is a content creator, because uh, when you are putting out a picture randomly, you might not be intentionally doing that as a profession that I need to create content for my audience. It's just like maybe sharing it mm-hmm. casually or uh, without any intent, but whenever someone is, I feel that a content creator is that that person is putting out content on their feed as uh, professionally and doing that consistently and on different platforms. It's mm. not that they just put random mm. pictures whenever they feel like you know they got a good picture or maybe uh, something is trending. Uh, they they day and night what they do is think about content and professionally they are they create content of different forms, we post videos, real stories. So, and that's, that's who, you know, I would, that's how I would like differentiate.
0: I think and I think that makes sense as well. I think it depends on you, for example, as a business owner of what are your priorities and how you look at talent. Um, but also does it, uh, and does it affect your decision making when it comes to, let's say someone who's, uh, Instagram famous and someone who's YouTube famous. Uh, because I think the audience who, who consumes, uh, the content on YouTube, uh, like we discussed a little while back will be different from what it consumes on Instagram. Uh, do your, do your outreach efforts of connecting with these influencers differ in terms of what you're offering them?
1: Slightly. Uh, when we are, when, when it comes to our offering, uh, firstly, our offering completely depends upon the vision of that content creator and their own goals. So, okay, we need to okay. make sure that we do not give them, you know, a huge set of gyan that this is what you need to do. Maybe they don't want to do that. Maybe their goal is to just uh, sense. chill and maybe increase their revenues by three times and that is what satisfies them and they don't want to go bigger than that. So, then we slowly try to at least get things done of what they are looking for and then maybe educate them regarding what else can be done and it completely depends upon their intent and interest. But basic things which... Differ is like maybe the data analytics perspective, because YouTube, in YouTube, the data analytics play a much wider role as compared to on Instagram, True. so that additional support is provided to the YouTube content creators, but beyond that, it's more or less the same. Interesting.
0: So IPLEX as a business, do you particularly work uh, with a roster of Instagrammers and YouTubers only?
1: Currently, yes. In Middle East, since we have started operating, their Snapchat and TikTok is also quite popular. So in those areas, we are working on those platforms as well. But for India, it's YouTube and Instagram.
0: Has the has the deal size increased and and, and I'm guessing uh, and I'm talking about the moolah the the money that a creator makes in um, have you have you seen like some significant spends and like some crazy amounts and if there is then what have you really seen about that like like what is a ballpark number that you've seen that has really blown your mind at oh man like even these deals are possible with creators.
1: See, uh, I never thought that a creator in individually can get a one cr plus deal within 30 days, I've seen that happen. And uh, usually the major shift which I've seen is that how important influencer marketing has become for brands post the COVID pandemic, uh, how the budgets have shifted, how influencer marketing is a must for every launch. Uh, that sort of importance mm-hmm. has definitely increased the revenues and the, the scale of revenues uh, in the creator economy. But the deal sizes, I've have, have also seen deals in in CRs that too within the deliverables getting exhausted in 30 days. So that's a pretty big deal.
0: Oh, I'm sure that is. I'm sure that is. And even on the agency side, I think it must be very exciting to see uh, your pie increase and the kind of engagements you're doing with even creators, whether that's creating IPs or businesses also increase.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we need to be always attentive and dynamic with our approach because the. The ecosystem is evolving, you know, rapidly. So what we were doing six months back, now we are, you know, we have changed most of those things because just because how brands and creators are evolving with time. So yeah, it's definitely an exciting phase for me and my team.
0: And uh, when you, let's say there is this really aspiring entrepreneur who's who's listening to this conversation, um, what would be some key advice that you would you would think of uh, for someone starting out right now in the space?
1: Uh, firstly, I would, you know, since this is a service sector thing, people usually do not understand that eventually you're selling a product and your product might be that you're solving a problem. So firstly, it's really important mm. to identify what sort of problem are you solving and what's your vision? Is your vision that a bit market, mein paisa ara, let me try and get some quick buck. Cool. Don't think too much about mm-hmm. the USP. Just, you know, do the basic stuff and you will get some basic income. But if you are able to genuinely identify a problem which you feel nobody else is solving, or maybe even if they're solving, they might not be solving in the best way possible and the sort of experience which ideally a client or a talent should be getting, uh, then identify that, write it down on a piece of paper and break it down regarding, you know, with clarity regarding what should be step one, what should be step two, what should be step three. It's not really tough to start a company and maybe, you know, especially in this space. But people usually get worried mm-hmm. regarding KS, ethni influencers. I think it's it's important to break things down and go step by step. With time you will get the clarity and you will always have to be with very dynamic mentality. You can't be rigid regarding one thought. will happen. Mm. because the the system and the environment is evolving so fast that uh, you can't be rigid regarding your thoughts and your approach maybe your approach changes after every two months but that is what the uh, ecosystem demands so you will have to be ready with that as well so that's my that's my take
0: hmm. and now what's what's further ahead for you in terms of personal growth
1: i am i i'm always uh, always think of things which are, again uh, can be value adding for future So right now, personally, I'm trying to understand how a D two C business works, a product based business, so that and create a team which, you know, along with myself, regarding uh, how a D two C business operates. And then my goal is to open and help creators, uh, open you know their own product lines, where Iplex is able to give them first hand expertise. Secondly, international expansion and understanding international territories. Is something where I'm currently you know involved in. and uh, yeah these are the two major things which are happening currently let's see let's see how it goes and uh, I, I personally I just want to find good sources where uh, I can enhance my growth my skill set and challenge my thoughts so that's that is one way where I try to seek information.
0: Lovely Neel, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks so much for sharing all these incredible insights.
1: Thank you so much, Hardik. Uh, I think these conversations, especially this one, give me as well a lot of clarity regarding what I'm doing and uh, the way, you know, how organic it was. And I really loved having this chat. And thank you so much for having me.
0: If you enjoyed this episode of Jamsters, please make sure you subscribe to EP Log Media and all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Gio7, Ghana, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, among many others, for upcoming episodes. You know, I love listening from each one of you. So please make sure you share this podcast with your friends and family and your colleagues. And please make sure to drop a comment on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. And also if you're listening on Epilog Media, they've recently launched a feature where you can comment on the particular episode too. Your support is my fuel. You can connect with me on Instagram at the rate Hardik or on LinkedIn too. Catch you on the other episode.